Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hope you brought an apple for the teacher because it's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Fenton. Welcome, students, to another edition of the Star Seminar. As you know, our regular semester is now over, and we are in our first meeting of our new special condensed winter session. We are going to be condensing an entire semester's worth of activity into about the next month. So get your books out, load up on caffeine, and get ready to learn some important stuff. As always, here to teach with me is the great, the renowned, the one and only professor of Cowboysology, Dr. Danny Phantom. How are you today, doctor? I tell you what, I'm pretty excited. You know, I'm we got a lot of stuff happening over the next few weeks, so it's it's going to happen fast, Rabs. You know, we need to be ready and on our toes for sure. So uh, definitely, you know, everybody needs to to have their notepads ready and just, uh, you know, we're going at this full speed. But I will say, you know, the holiday season is coming to an end and, you know, the year is coming to an end and we get the, the clean slate of the fresh new year and it got me thinking I wanted to ask you, I don't know how you are with this. I know how I am, but I wanted to ask you, do you have any New Year's resolutions? I do not. I learned, I, I'm I'm old enough to know better. I, I know myself a little bit better than that. Uh, I used to make New Year's resolutions occasionally when I was younger. And um, uh, I've learned that um, I have no capacity for uh, holding on to them. Um, I tend to be the kind of person who will resolve to do something and do it pretty seriously for a while, but I can't do something for a whole year. And so, um, you know, my, I don't really have a new year's resolution anymore. I, I, I just don't, I don't think that that works. And I'll also say that, um, in terms of the cycle of my year, like, you know, in terms of like getting in shape or doing those kind of things, they, like they don't tend to align with new years anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I tend, I tend to want to do that in like May, you know, Mm -hmm. so I can be fit for the summer and stuff, you know, for all the other activities and going swimming and all that. So the other thing is not only do I know myself better than to, to imagine that I'll do something for a whole year, but I also, um, I don't feel like the kind of things I'd make a resolution about really tend to apply at the time when everybody else is making new year's resolutions. How about you? Yeah, no, Rabs, we are more alike than, than we know. I, I am really anti resolutions for the most part. I mean, I don't have a problem with people that that do that. That's fine. Um, I'm not 
that type of person. If I, if there's something I want to make a goal, I'll make a goal. I don't really conform to the beginning of the year thing. You know, certainly like all the gyms are just packed at the beginning of the year. I'm certainly not going to join that whole mess. So, uh, so no, I'm just really not a resolutions person. But I will say, I am making one this year, and I've already made it. I didn't start, really. I didn't. I didn't wait. I didn't wait to January. I actually started today. My resolution is I am going to try to be a little nicer on social media. I'm going to try to, you know, you know, we get, we get, as a, as the season winds down, you know, we get in these heated, uh, he's, you know, point fingers and stuff. And it really, it divides us as fans. And I just, I get caught up in it. You know, I, I'm a willing participant in it. I, I plant my flag and I'll, I'll argue with our own fan base. And I've decided that I'm going to redirect all my condescending, you know, my sarcasm, all the, all those wonderful traits that I have towards, um, you know, the, uh, the opposing team and not so much the fan base. So that is the resolution I am making. Like if I've, if I've blocked you before, welcome back. You know, I'm just going to start over. And, uh, that, that is my, that is at least my goal. What, you know, how long it lasts, I can't, you know, who knows, but I'm going to give it a try, you know, just, I mean, why not just to give it a try? It's a noble goal indeed. I actually have been thinking a little bit about my own social media presence. And I think one of the things I've done is I've just started blocking people or muting people who, who um, even if every once in a while they tweet something really great, if, if they just tend to kind of, you know, annoy me with any kind of regularity, I, I just don't, I just don't want to, want to hear it because i because i don't need to get engaged in those things where i dig my feet in etc et um and uh yeah so i i think that um i'm trying to do something similar um not necessarily for the new year but just i've been trying to do something similar for the last few months where um i just kind of keep a keep a kind of you know not on a piece of paper and they just keep a kind of mental inventory about uh, people who, even if I respect them quite a bit, who tend to annoy me a little bit, um, because I, I think it's better just to, I don't need, I don't need the energy uh, on my timeline, right. you know, and, and it may be that I end up with only three people at the end, but that's okay. Cause, uh, you know, social media is the people you want to be social with and, and, and that's cool. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely the way to go. You you definitely, you know, you kind of want this, it's, it's your, it's your platform. You, so you definitely want to see the things that you want to see and, you, you know, you want to try to get rid of that negativity, but I tell you why I, I don't know what it is about me, but I will tend to engage more so than just ignore it. And you know, like I, I just want to set them right or something, or I just feel like, you know, there's something that needs to be said. And I think that's, I just should probably not do that as much. It would probably, it would be better for overall relations if I just, you know, what, now I'll pass. And so, you know, I'll give it a try. Like I said, I don't know, I don't know how long it's going to last, but um. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But I'll tell you what, Rabs, what's uh, what's not a clean slate right now is is the Cowboys' 2022 season because we are right in the middle of the the final stretch. You know, we got one sure are. one more regular season game to go. As uh, last night, the Cowboys they beat the Tennessee Titans by a score of 27 to 13. So I want to ask you right now, what how are you feeling about last night's game? Oh, that's a that's a really great question because I I think it's it's pretty easy for people to feel a couple different ways about that game and I probably feel both ways. Uh, one, I feel like the Cowboys played one of, if not the most uninspired games uh, they've played this season. I think that um, 
you know, there, there were there certainly have been stretches of uninspired play in recent weeks against other AFC South teams. Um, but this this was one where it felt pretty uninspired from start to finish. It felt pretty unimaginative and uncreative. Um, they were they were certainly able to generate explosives in the passing game when they wanted to, um, but they didn't try to very often. And they usually only tried to do that when it was necessary. There's a lot of running on early downs. Um, the defense got put uh, in untenable situations a couple times by the offense. You know, uh, Dax fumble, um, Dax the interceptions. One of which was, I think, a, not a great throw, and the other of which was a freaking laser. But it happened that it bounced right off of, I think, it was Hendershot's hands, right, mm-hmm. right. as he was bobbling it, and right into Bayard's hands. Um, so, it, it, was it a good game? No. Was it an impressive game? No. At the same time. Uh, and it was, you know, as we as we as we were reminded uh, at least, you know, half a dozen, if not more times on the broadcast, um, that, you know, the Titans were, were basically resting everybody of consequence because whether they won or lost today didn't matter. And they wanted to make sure everybody was at maximum health for next week's division championship showdown against the Jaguars. So in, a, in some ways they were playing, you know, sort of a preseason lineup. Uh, so would we have liked to see them just roll a preseason lineup? Absolutely. But they beat uh, a prepared team, a team that was uh, is well-coached and has always been well-coached under Mike Vrabel, and they doubled up on them. They beat them by two touchdowns. Two touchdown victories in the NFL are nothing to, to scoff at, regardless of who's playing. Um, and, you know, I'll give it to Joshua Job- Dobbs. He did a heck of a job as oh, a guy yeah. who's only been there eight days. He played great. And, and you know, I, I don't think he played great because the Cowboys played poorly. I think he played great because he played great. And I think his that coaching staff got him prepared, did a nice job of simplifying the offense in a way so that he could, um, you know, he could run it. But he was running it. You know, he was making calls and he was calling, you know, he was killing plays at the line and doing a lot of stuff like that. So, um, you know, I thought they did, I thought they did, uh, did, did well and you know ultimately like here's the thing if the cowboys are good enough to not care and beat a team by two touchdowns and give up fewer than two touchdowns then um then we're talking about a pretty good team so i think all in all um we uh, you know unless you're one of those people who's just a sort of self-loathing cowboy fan you got to come away with this saying hey this is good this is what's supposed to happen and it did and that's good yeah i think i'm close to that i'm i, I may be a little bit below that i mean i'm not i'm not upset by any means but i'm not i didn't come away i think you know like i would i would have liked it to be a little bit better i think um you know and i think you made some good points with with uh, dobbs too he did play really well and actually you know there was a couple drops there with you know robert woods had a drop Traylon burks had a drop i mean and actually you know that could have been more favorable for for tennessee had that not happened so definitely um it's not like we we went out there and they were just being terrible. And then, and this is what we saw. They, they were making some plays. I don't know who racy McMath is or Julius chestnut. I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know these players and to see those guys coming out with some big plays. That's never fun. Um, but overall, if you just look at the body of work, I think there are some good things. There's some bad things that we have to be happy about what we're seeing from nation. Right. I think he's, I, he's put together two pretty good games. You know, we haven't talked since you know, a couple of games ago, and I thought he did a really good job against um, against uh, Philly, and uh, I think he did a good job. He had a pick. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been trying to tell people, watch out for this guy. 
You know, he's a good, he's a good player. <laughs> Just like, a, you know. Oh, you liar. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is the one guy <laughs> you've been holding on to who you thought before the season wasn't going to cut it. It and, is. Uh, You're right. He's doing okay. Yeah. He's doing okay. Yeah. What do you, what do you think um, overall about the Cowboys defense? Uh, well, so this is, this is, yeah. So I think, I think the other thing we can talk about in this game is did it continue trends or did it, did it not? And I think that, um, there's a couple trends that it continued and some of them are longstanding and some of them are not so longstanding. And so the ones that are more longstanding, I think are more troubling and problematic. So let's talk about the first one. I think we can, we can even begin to transition into talking about last week's game, which we haven't had a chance to chat about because, um, you know, they came pretty, pretty close together Mm -hmm. and there's been a holiday, obviously. So the, 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 the two things that are worrying me right now, um, which, which do, also pertain to the game against the Eagles uh, are a the pass rush has not been good in a long time and, and several people made made the point this week on Twitter and the announcers uh, reinforce it during the game which means that they got that information from the Cowboys coaching staff during their their pre-game um, meetings with the with the Cowboys players and coaches which is uh, that the they've been playing teams that get the ball out quickly lately and so they really haven't had the same opportunity they're not playing they're not playing sort of drop back passing games etc um and so that all may be well and good but it just feels like they're not affecting the passer in the same way all the things we talked about before still feel like they're in place i know they got some pressure late in the game against against philly which was good um and you know it, it made Minshew you know, hurry a couple throws, throw the ball away uh, on that last drive. And so they, the Cowboys won the game essentially um, by putting pressure on him. But, but the sack numbers have not been there. And ultimately I feel like there's too many clean pockets because they're not getting much push up the middle. And that's worrisome because uh, as, as I've said many times, that's the one elite trait that this Cowboys team has. And if, if everyone else can play decently and not mess things up, um, Earlier, earlier in the year, the thing we were hoping for was that, you know, that uh, if we can manage to get a lead, if we can play careful, turnover free football and get a double digit lead sometime in the third quarter, it's lights out because this team's going to start, um, you know, making other teams one dimensional and the pass rush is going to get home and teams are really going to pay. There's going to be turnovers, all those kind of things. We saw that, you know, during the, the Cooper rush and even the first couple of games of, of, of Dak's return. And then we haven't seen it really since since Green Bay. Um, so that's the first thing. And then the second is the offensive line cannot run block right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I haven't really had a chance to take a look and I haven't looked at the stats. So it, it may be that we're just seeing, um, in the last couple of weeks, teams that are not afraid of the Cowboys passing game and are saying, you know what, we're not going to let Tony Pollard and Zeke and Zeke Elliott beat us. So we're going to, we're going to make sure that they have, um, unfavorable boxes because, I think the Cowboys are a better run blocking team than they are a pass blocking team. And I think that's still the case. And I think other teams realize that and are saying, you know what, you want to run the ball to try to, to try to keep your offensive line from getting in, um, in obvious pass rush situations. You want to try to run the ball to minimize the number of times you have to pass because whenever you do, you're exposing one of your weaknesses, which is a, a mismatch against good pass rushing teams. Fine. We're just going to stack the box. And um, and force you to do that, and that's what's happening. Now, the the thing that the thing that's that's going on with the Cowboys is that Dak and CD in particular, but other people as well, are being incredible on third down. I don't know if you saw the the Cowboys third down percentage, and uh, you know from all distances, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And 
And that's great. But like, oh my goodness, the last couple of weeks, there's been so many times running first down, running second down, third and seven or more, force the Cowboys to get into what is historically across the league, across this history, a highly untenable down in distance, and they somehow convert and keep the drive going. And I just don't know if that can happen against um, against higher caliber defenses in the playoffs. Uh, and it worries me. And this is all, of course, compounded by the one thing we haven't talked about with the Tennessee game, which is the Tyler Biadish injury, mm-hmm. which obviously forced them to, to reshuffle the entire left side of the offensive line. And so if Biotis can't come back by playoff time, we're going to have guys who may, may get a game next week. Um, and we'll talk about that. I think at the end here, like, what do we, what do we, what do we think is going to happen going forward? But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, it was, I'm relieved a little bit to hear that his return like was designated as questionable during the game. And I was relieved to see him on the sideline wearing a boot, but, still seemingly not in terrible pain he just was kind of hanging out and so i'm hoping that that's a good sign but um boy you know losing terrence Steele, i think that i really think that even before he went out they were having trouble running the ball and i really think a lot of it has to do with terrence Steele is very underrated in the run game and losing him has hurt Mm -hmm. them even as great as tyron smith is and now this and this in addition to it, and this is not where you want your offensive line to be going into the games that really truly matter. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you touched on it because I have a theory with the run, the run blocking, and I think it's directly related to that the absence of steel. Too, I've watched a lot of tape with with Tyron, and you know he's he does a good job, you know, but he he's not very mobile. And one thing that's that's um, you know, very just underrated about what uh, Terrence Steele does is he he's so good about getting that first block and then quickly releasing and getting to the second level. And you see that quickness. And when he and Zach Martin get going over there, there is so many uh, lanes to run through. And I just don't think they get that with with Tyron. Now, not Tyron holds his blocks, you know, and he he's doing a, a serviceable job at right tackle. I don't see him like you know flailing or any sort of issues, but. I don't. I think there's a, he's a huge step down in when in terms of run blocking, you know, with what they had with Terrence Stiller. So I I think that's part of it. Um, I I Rabs. I, I am worried. I don't know. You know, I know that they obviously they can rest them next week. But if our offensive line, you know, it is what we finished with, this is this is not going to be good because you're absolutely right. We're having problems. Uh, run blocking and we're also not the best pass protecting uh offensive line either so it's just going to make things a little skittish for you know and often it's going to make Dak hurry it's going to change things and you're absolutely right as great as they have been on third down that's not sustainable um so that's certainly a problem uh going back to your to the pass rush issue though i know and i, I actually started trying to look closer at this this past week and I had a, couple, a few theories that I threw out there about it. Um, one of the things that jumped out at me at first is the quality of offensive line play. Um, early mm-hmm. on, we saw a lot of teams that either were poor on the offensive line or were just completely decimated on offensive line. So, um, or both. Or, yeah. or mm-hmm. both, yeah. Uh, but then as you see some of the teams that are better, you look at some of the teams that have a, a less sack percentage, uh, you know, Cowboys have problems with them. So there's a correlation between between that and the bad thing is too is Tom Brady is he you know, he has the 
lowest sack percentage because he gets rid of the ball so quickly. So that I didn't, I mean, I think the pass rush could almost be a non-factor in that game based on, you know, those kind of um, comparisons. So that is worrisome to me. I, uh, I will, you know, these last couple of games, I've, I feel, you know, I, I, I feel like my worry is starting to grow a little bit. Uh, I, I would have, I thought the Philly game showed us some good things. Obviously, we scored a lot on on their defense, and then Dak Dak played really well. You know, if you take away that pick six, I mean, everything else, Dak was just he, he played extremely he was, well. He was magnificent. He was magnificent. Um, but on the other side, what's what's going on for us defensively? I don't know. I mean, Minshew should not have been able. Things should not have been that easy for them, and the fact that. You know, they turned the ball over four times and they still had a chance to win it at the end. Makes me, this is, this is not, you know, the dominant defense that we saw earlier. Uh, so those things worry me quite a bit. Uh, but I, I wanted to spend a little bit of time on this, Rabs, and I wanted to ask you because I think we both are pretty similar in how we feel about this one particular player. But I want to ask you, Point Blake, how are you feeling about Mr. Prescott? right now and and moving forward into these all important games coming up. Oh, I, I feel tremendous about Dak Prescott. I think that if they're going to make a run, it's going to be because Prescott's going to elevate them. I, th- I think that, um, I mean, was he great today? No, uh, but he, I don't know, I'm not sure that he was asked to be great. I'm not sure they went into the game thinking he would have to be great. I think they probably went into the Eagles game thinking he had to be great. And he was, and he was, he was incredible in that game. Just a, he was a surgeon. He was precise. He was in command. He was creative. Uh, I mean, so many great throws on so many from so many different platforms. Really, really nice game. Um, he's starting to run more now. It's like, it's that time of the season where he's starting to use his legs a little bit more. So he's becoming more of a dual threat. I, I feel, I feel that's like one, actually one of the least of my worries. So let me, let me ask you this more specifically. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you feel about the the risk taking that he's doing? He's making a lot of tight window throws, you know, that's Dak's letting it rip. I mean, a lot more than we've seen, you know, yeah. in the past. And I mean, obviously Mike McCarthy's is full on supportive of this. And I want to, I mean, I know some people are like, well, maybe we need to reel it back a little bit. Do we really need to be taking those chances? But I want to ask you, like, you do you just want to see him, you know, keep doing what he's doing? I don't know what choice they have. So let's let's take a step back and, and return to the conversation we were happening, having earlier about the offensive line. So we've talked about this before uh, during our during our big holiday, you know, extravaganza. We talked about um, or I talked about the Cowboys. Uh, offensive line and the fact that they're 29th at that, that, that time before the Eagles game, they were 29th in the league in pass rush win, win rate. Now you can accept the accuracy of that stat or not. And that's fine. If you don't agree with it, I'm not going to push back a lot, but it's, you know, it's one useful stat. Um, I, and people are talking about how Kellen Moore isn't creative and blah, blah, blah. And I really just feel like they know their team, right? They know their team is not a great pass blocking team. They don't want to, they don't want to um, call more than about 30 passes a game unless they absolutely have to, because the more passes they call, the more op- opportunities there are for their guys to get beaten. And the more opportunities there are for negative plays and the more opportunities there are for negative plays. I mean, for, um, for turnovers. Um, 
So what do we do? Uh, they have wide receivers that, that struggle to get open, that struggle to get separation. Um, but at the same time, this is a team that uh, its defense is, is not the kind of dominant defense that can play against everybody the way they played against the Rams and the commanders earlier in the season when they just really took over the game and dominated. You know, we've seen lots of people talk about statistically that a defense is really only as good as the opposing quarterbacks it plays. And so they've, as you rightly pointed out, they've played much better offensive lines who are much better coached. I think the league has had an opportunity to look at some of the things that, that they were doing early in the year that were really effective, especially their like their um, blitz packages and their um, their sort of stunt games up front. Uh, especially like when defensive ends would would like sort of you know end end tackle games where they would loop back in and try to rush up the middle, and they're doing a lot of uh, a lot of things to try to slow that down and to stop that to keep the top of the pocket clean. So back to Dak, if they can't run the ball and they really can't run the ball that consistently, and they they haven't been great at running the ball, you know, I mean they 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 it, it's been kind of hit or miss, right? Really depending on on the opposing defense. Um, And the entire and the entire thing is predicated upon them getting a lead, and they're not going to be able to run the ball. They're not going to be able to play great defense. Dak has to take chances. There's going to be receivers who are open, and he's going to have to take chances on on deep passes because, for the most part, like his guys are not winning up front. So he's he's only going to get a few opportunities per game to try to throw something in a, in a intermediate or deep. And he's been doing that a little bit more the last couple of games, if you've noticed. He's starting to starting to open that up. But he, he, he's got to take those chances because otherwise it's just dink and dunk and you have to execute perfectly because every drive is double digits in, in, in plays. And that's so hard to sustain. It's so hard to sustain. So I, I think that this team needs Dak to take chances. And, and, and the other thing is this. He's got like 14 picks. I think maybe half of them are his fault. I think there's a good half of those that are just unlucky. Things bounced off a red receiver. Guy fell down. I mean, like today, he was one for one, right? Or, you know, one of each, rather. One for two in terms of things that were his fault. The one the one uh, to Schultz that was behind Schultz was totally his fault. Not a great pass. The other one was, as we said earlier in the game, a laser, beautiful pass. You can't ask for a better pass. And Hendershot just mishandled it. And so the, I, I think the only way this team can win frankly, is if Dak takes chances and, um, you know, his, his average per attempt is really, really high. And we've, you know, there's a couple of people I respect, you know, out there in the, in, in, as analysts who have said that when it's that high, which is, you know, against the Eagles, it was like, you know, 10 yards per attempt, um, then turnovers be damned. It doesn't really matter. Like it, it's enough to overcome those, uh, if, if they're going to play the kind of careful game that Dak played as a rookie, for example, um, they're going to lose because they're not going to be able to move the ball. They're not going to be able to move the ball. You have to have explosives in the passing game. And if, you're, if, you're pa- if, you're, if your offensive line can't pass block consistently and your receivers can't separate consistently, what are your options there? Your options are to throw into tight windows. And he's going to have to do it because you have to generate – Especially if your defense isn't going to be the kind of defense that you, where you know they're not going to give it more than 17, which we know now they're not. The only hope is that Dak Prescott takes chances. There's no other choice. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. I mean, I wish there was another answer. And you know, I, I look at things, and when I like watch the Kurt Warner breakdown, and and um, you know, he does a fantastic job. By the way, if you're ever unsure about how good Dak is, he'll 
he'll uh, he'll clear that up for you. Same with Kellen Moore too. He'll clear that up for you. Uh, I, I think that they're, you know, watching the tape closely. There are opportunities for Dak to make the safer play uh, because teams are really doing that. They just they're they're letting them have the underneath stuff and they're trying to kind of play back a little, you know, play to the sticks and stuff and and really force Dak to make good throws. Um, and so I think there are there are easier plays to be made. Uh, but you're absolutely right. If you do that, you're going to have to sustain drives, and you're going to have to, which means you know another another rep where you can't get a holding penalty or or something or a sack or something. So you you definitely need to have those big plays as part of your offense. So it's it's just something that that has to be. This it just has to be. Um, I do think that the you're also, you're right with the the wide receivers and, and, and the tight ends. I think here's the, here's the thing. I don't think they got great um route runners on their team between the receivers and tight ends i think they're okay there's a lot of times where you watch some of the plays and you're like why is kellen drawing it up that way you'll have like the progressions happening at the same time and it's like well that's not how it should be so somebody's doing something either kellen's you know just drawing up a bad play uh, which probably it's not seemed very likely or the the receivers are not timing their you know their routes correctly or something uh so you know some of that does happen and when you do it's like what is Dak to do he's gonna you know when when your number two and number three happen at the same time you know you got to make a decision quickly so I, I think that there's some chances that he just has to take so i i totally agree with you i i kind of i thought to myself maybe like a week ago that maybe mike mccarthy is let, turning him loose right now and seeing what what they can get from this, if it's good, bad, whatever, and they can reevaluate, and then maybe they might cut, as the games start to become more important, like come playoff times, we're going to see a little. They'll, they'll kind of bring it back a little bit, and he won't be taking as many chances. Um, maybe that is the case. Maybe not. Maybe it might be a situation just like you said. The Cowboys just this is this is the reality. Dak's just going to have to do it. And like you said half of those and i wouldn't even i wouldn't even go that far i when you when you talk about unlucky also too that's just flat out on his receivers you know not crossing the face of the safety or or being in the spots they're supposed to be i would say less than 50 percent you know is is Dak's fault so uh i'm not worried about the high interception numbers i'm just i am worried about some of the decisions that are that are made where he's you know, not seeing the defender where he's at, or he's, you know, underestimating the length of, of some players, you know, where they're getting their hands on the ball and stuff. So mm-hmm. those things are legitimate concerns, but I think I agree with you. We're just going to have to, you know, turn them loose and um, hope for the best. Well, I think one of the other things that, and I don't know the degree to which the Cowboys coaching staff might be factoring this into their thinking, but, you know, when you have a defense that is at the top of the league in takeaways, you can play a little bit riskier because you kind of figure like, yeah, if I, if, if we, if we lose one, they're going to get one back for us. You know, and I think, I think if this was a, this was like the Marinelli 2013 defense where they were, or the, that might even, that might even been frankly the Monty Kiffin 2013 defense where, um, no, I think that was actually Marinelli's first year. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think actually 2014 yeah. is when Marinelli took over. So 13 was Kiffin. Um, 
you know, where they were really, really struggling to get turnovers. I think you have to play a closer game because you can't afford to be, you know, negative two every week. And I think the thing about that is that they figure if Dak gives away a couple, they're probably going to get a couple so they're breaking even. And they feel, I think they feel like they're the better team most weeks. And, and, that, and that's going to be okay if they, as long as they don't lose the, the, the turnover game egregiously. So speaking of the turnover game, you mentioned earlier that, um, you know, the, the Cowboys defense gave up 34 points to the Eagles, even though they got four turnovers, they got four stops. They didn't stop the Eagles from punting at all. Um, I would like to talk a, a little bit more about, about that, the Eagles game, because, you know, I mean, whenever there's a win over the Eagles, it, it always merits discussion. I don't care if it's a, if it's, you know, 10 days ago or two years ago. So I'd love to just hear like, you know, um, other than what we've kind of talked about in terms of trends that, have carried through the last couple of weeks um thoughts thoughts about uh, other than other than also the fact that Dak was magnificent thoughts about the uh, Cowboys win over the Eagles well I thought a couple things that bother me is the Eagles offensive line is really good um there's you know they of course we had saw Minshew but if you look at with Hertz and, and the way they run their offense with Hertz I just see that that is going to be really difficult to, to stop. I think that they possess all the strengths to really counter what the Cowboys could do because, you know, they'll run a lot of misdirections and they'll use four downs to beat you. Um, and they did, you know, the, you know, and, and any time, any type of short yardage situation, you know, good night, it's over. There's, there's, there's no chance. There's just, it don't matter how much t- type of rugby teachings that Dan, you know, Dan Quinn tries to figure out, he, they, he just doesn't have the muscle in the middle to deal with, with those guys. Um, it's just, that's just, we're, we're done. If, you do, if we get in short yardage, you're done. Um, so there are some worries that I have um, with Philadelphia. I think I feel, I feel less um, confident about, you know, Phil, going in and playing Philadelphia after the game, even though the Cowboys beat them, just because I really saw Philadelphia their offense just basically, you know, do do what they what they do whatever. And I mean, I'll give the Cowboys credit. I mean, those those takeaways were takeaways. Only one was a gift. Those other three were flat out. Carlos Watkins got his hand on the strip of ball, mm-hmm. you know, and and Bland, you know, making the, the ripping the ball out and the curse doing the little matrix move over the over the receiver to catch the ball. Those were flat out great plays by the Cowboys defense. They took the ball away. With no no doubt about it. even fumbles on the ground don't matter who initially was there the Cowboys ended mm-hmm. up with the ball they they were fighting and they they you know they earned those those um, takeaways but outside of that it just it was frustrating you know you talk about the Cowboys you know all the great plays they their offense made on third down how many times did the Cowboys give up a third down play I mean it was just terrible they would make two good stops and then. Third down comes along and they can't get home. And then Minshew rolls around and, and he, you know, he's got forever and a day with the ball and, and he completes a pass for the first down. And that was troublesome. You know, Trayvon Diggs taking the, the bait was troublesome. Um, there's just, I just feel like they are going to be better prepared to attack us than we will be to them. And it, it's, I'm concerned. I mean, I, I, yeah, I came away, we came away with the win but I didn't come away feeling better about, um, you know, the, the, seeing them again in the in the postseason. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel I sort of felt like. I expected the Cowboys to to win, especially without Hurts in. I, I, but but even had he been there, I sort of I, I would have expected the Cowboys. To, I've been I've been I've been thinking all year that the Cowboys were going to win the the the, the rematch, um, and so it didn't really surprise me that they won. I feel like the Cowboys are, if they're not as good as Philadelphia, they're close enough so that they can they can go to Philadelphia and win. It's not like it's impossible. I, I they can also get blown out, but I'm just saying they they can go to Philadelphia and win. Um, I, I, I think one of the questions for me is did did the Eagles score thirty four points because the Cowboys defense is awful and therefore would they have scored way more had, J, had Jalen Hurts been the quarterback? Or is is the thing that the Cowboys really struggle with the the system and also the quality of the offensive line and it really doesn't matter who the quarterback is. And so this goes I mean in some ways I think that that outcome showed the degree to which Jalen Hurts is a system quarterback. I, now, I think you, the one thing you talked about was when he's in there and he's a running threat, he makes he adds a dimension to the running game that makes it that much harder to defend. It makes it really challenging to defend because there's a lot of like RPOs and, and things like that that he does. He can run to the perimeter. There's that one play, several people have pointed this out, on the Eagles' first um, field goal drive where Minshew broke the, uh, you know, broke contain and and was basically, you know, maybe had one guy between himself and the end yeah, zone. Yeah, Hurts scores on that play, by the way. Hurts almost certainly scores on that play. If he doesn't score, he's he's awfully close. And he probably scores. And he might even score standing up, at, you know, where it's just, he just kind of waltzes in. And so that, that's a huge difference. But I, I, I think that it's not so much that, that, the, uh, that I think the Cowboys can't beat the Eagles. It's that it lends further credence to something that you've been gesturing toward in, in your earlier comments, which is that there are, you know, we've thought, we've talked before styles make fights in the NFL. I think there are, there are offensive schemes, uh, even offensive schemes that are, that are prolific where the Cowboys match up better than others. And um, I think, for example, if they play Minnesota, they match up really well with Minnesota, regardless of Minnesota's talent. I mean, you know, they have, Minnesota has, you know, probably the best wide receiver in the league. They have a really good tight end. They have a pretty decent offensive line. They have a very good quarterback. Their second receiver is pretty good. I mean, so they have a lot of talented guys on the, on their offense, but just the offensive scheme and the running game and the way that the way that they operate it, it's not quite as, at least not right now. Um, I, I don't, I don't, it doesn't scare me in quite the same way that the 49ers and the uh, Eagles do. Right. Because they, they're running games. I mean, Minnesota, I mean, their their offensive coordinator does come from the Rams and does use a lot of misdirection, does use, does use a lot of um, deception. And the Cowboys really struggle with that. But for something about Minnesota's, and it's not just because they, they beat Minnesota 43. I just, I don't feel like they're using quite as much misdirection. And the Cowboys linebackers are really struggle when you do, do do misdirection and deception and things like that. And, and when you, you know, the quarterback pulls it, pulls it down and runs with it. Um, I mean, how many times are the Cowboys going to give up a big chunk run on, on their left side 
I mean, regardless of who's in there, whether it's Anthony Brown or whether it's Nation Wright or, you know, it's Kelvin Joseph. You know, I thought when we pulled Anthony Brown and brought in Kelvin Joseph and then Nation Wright, both of them were better tacklers. It might help a little bit. It doesn't. There's something about like the way the Cowboys are, 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 are trying to run their scheme. Maybe it's to protect the other side where Trayvon Diggs is. I feel like they're just so capable of getting gouged on that side. So the thing that worries me most is at this point, and this is this is, we're sort of getting into our, our our final topic, which is to look forward. But the thing that worries me most at this point is that the bet the two best teams in the NFC, other than the Cowboys, are the 49ers and the Eagles. And I don't know that they're they're better teams. I just think that they're really hard matchups for the Cowboys. Yeah, they you're, they are without question. I don't even really look. They they, they have good defensive lines, and they have they have. Uh, offenses that rely a lot on deception, a lot of misdirection, a lot of angles, use, use the whole field. They're really modern offenses. Cowboys just don't do well against that. And I think their Cowboys offensive line, even if they do get Biotis back, is going to have a hard time with a top defensive line. And that's, that's, that's the Eagles and that's the 49ers. No, absolutely. And, and that, that's something that worries me quite a bit. And I feel like even though the Cowboys have been okay you know, against the run at times, you know, recently it hasn't been as bad as, you know, we had that stretch, you know, obviously ETN did a really good job um, running the ball against, against the Cowboys. But uh, I have a feeling that we could go into in the playoffs and see either San Francisco or Philadelphia, and they could put up close to 200 yards on the ground. And it's like, what's, what's going on? Where, I mean, where did that come from? We haven't, we haven't been, you know, atrocious in a while, but then I, I just, 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 to what you're saying, you know, just the way we match up against them and, and the, the way mm-hmm. they, they're blocking schemes and the way they pull their players and just run a lot of misdirection. Just And also, too, the Hurts factor, you know, can't be over, overstated because, yeah, when you know Minshew's not going to beat you, you can – it's easier to, to get your, your mitts on Miles Sanders, you know, than it is, is when, when you have to be a step late 100%. because you're, you know, have to favor that side because of the, the threat that uh, – Hurts bring so, you know that's and that's going to change things up considerably. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I was just hoping to see just some some better evidence of like of, of better ball. And I don't know that we're going to now because well, there's only one more game left in the regular season, and you know that we've seen quite a bit. And this team is, you know, we have a we have a good sense of what this team is, Rabs. And uh, so I don't I don't know. It makes me a little uneasy. Um, but so, so let me ask you that. What is this team? Honestly, though, they're, to me, they're a wild card. I mean, I, I think on both sides of the ball, they, they could be either really good or really bad. I, I kind of feel like like Dak's a little bit like, I don't know if it's 2009. I don't know if I got my years mixed up. He's a little bit of the Jekyll Hyde Romo. You know, Romo had a lot of picks, you know, that year. But he would turn around and he was unfazed, and then he would just make an amazing play. And, um, but of course he didn't have the defense back then, but you know, they weren't terrible. And I kind of feel like sometimes that's what this defense reminds me of. It's like, they're, they're not terrible, but you know, they're, they, you know, they can flash, you know, good plays stuff. So I don't know. I mean, to me, there's, there's a, a wide range. I, I see, I see where we can be really great on either side of the ball. I think that it's just obviously on offense, it, it depends quite a bit on, on how well Prescott's playing. When he's playing, when he's playing well, 
I, I feel really good. It, it, it's good luck to any team, you know, trying to beat us. Cause I think that I just think that Dak just, I mean, our offense is just unstoppable at times. Um, defensively, I don't know. It's, you know, I feel like we, you know, we can, we can be neutralized at times, you know, we can't, yeah, turnovers are great, but you know, we don't, that's not always going to be there. Um, so I, I don't know. I guess I don't know what our team is. What do you think our team is? Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a, a tired team. It's an injured team. So first, the first, those two things I think are very real. I think uh, one other thing I think we didn't mention, we talked about the game against the Titans is that it was for, for many, many reasons, a classic kind of trap game because they just come off a very emotional, uh, you know, win against a division rival um, in which they needed to try to win to continue to keep their hopes alive. Uh, They dug, dug deep, 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 you know, to try to, to try to pull that win out, gave everything they had. Um, they didn't suffer any injuries that game, but it was a very tough physical game. And then they, on a short week, they had to go play on Thursday night against a team that was, you know, clearly, you know, tanking for, 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 uh, the next week. And, um, and they, you know, and they, and they still did what they did. So that, 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 that's great. I, so let's talk about what's good about the Cowboys and we can talk about some of the things that are frustrating about the Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys have 12 wins. The NFC East has been an entity for 62 years. There have only been nine times in those 62 years when 12 wins wouldn't have won the division. And three of those were were by the Cowboys. So there's only six. I mean, it's unprecedented for them to win this many games and not win the division. It's or not not unprecedented, but but virtually unheard of. And I'm not sure that any 12 win team in the NFC East has ever not won the division before. Um, and then the second thing is the Cowboys are now, I think I saw this week, five and one against teams currently in the playoffs. And that can go up if they, if they play and beat, uh, the commanders next week, if the commanders do end up in the playoffs, uh, and it could also go up if, if the Titans end up being the Jaguars, either way, right. Either way when, well, no, if they, if they, if the Titans beat the Jaguars, they'll be even better against teams that that are uh, in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And there's no team that has anywhere near that kind of record. And so I think that, what we need to do most of all is realign our expectations, right? I, I think we had certain expectations for this defense that as we've talked about earlier in this conversation are probably unfounded because they came against teams that were struggling. They came against teams that had bad offensive lines or had deeply uh, injured offensive lines or both. And so there was a really, really lovely string there where the defense was playing lights out in support of Cooper Rush and even in that first game back or, or, or so against against um, the Lions when, you know, when when Dak uh, first came back. But, you know, I mean, ever since the Bears game, they've they've struggled. I mean, they, they did they did great against Minnesota, but it was just one of those perfect storm things. I think Minnesota was due for a loss and, and the Cowboys just, you know, just kind of, kind of got fired and uh, come fire and rolled them. But I think we have to look at that as a sort of like aberration as a blip. That That's a game that like I think a lot of people say, those those are the real Cowboys. Those are not the real Cowboys. Those, those are the, the Cowboys against a team that, that was just tired and, and exhausted themselves and had their bad game of the year. And the Cowboys are the team that's played all these all these games since, right? Which is they're a, a top, if not the top offense in the league. And they're a defense that 
Um, even though they have good players at all three levels, don't have enough of them and don't play disciplined enough, and particularly at linebacker, to consistently shut people down. There's, I think there's too many, too many times where over the course of three downs, somebody's going to make a mistake. Somebody's going to get out of a lane. They give up. They give. They always give up extra yards in, in, in the running game. They, I mean, they just do such a bad job of getting off blocks and getting their run fits, you know, and they're more, I mean, I was rewatching over the break um, some of the games from 2014 when like, I mean, do you remember that uh, that defensive line it was Jeremy Mincy and Nick Hayden and um, and Henry Melton and Anthony Spencer. I mean, he, and Anthony, it was Anthony Spencer at the very end of his career when he had nothing left. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, again and again and again, would shut the run down because they just played good, sound, disciplined defense. You know, they they did have Rolanda McClain in the middle, and that was huge. And they, but they, you know, they had Durant at one, um, they had Justin Durant at one linebacker, and I think they had Anthony Hitchens at another. They were not yeah. good. They were not good. They were not, nowhere near as talented as, as this team, but they were much, much more disciplined, played within themselves, etc. Um. And that's who this team is. I, I, I think that they're, you know, they're well coached and they've got a lot of guys who can make plays and that, and that's, that's all good, but they, they, but they don't, I mean, you don't give up those kind of, you don't give up those kind of big chunk plays in the run game. If you're playing disciplined defense, you just don't. Yeah, no, you're right. And that's, that's the part. And so, and so, and so this is the team that's going to have to win shootouts. Um, but, you know they have the they have the ability to win shootouts because they are the highest scoring team in the league, and then they have the, the most yards in the league. I mean, they're really they're really really good on offense. Now, do some of the trends we talked about earlier make uh make that or they put an asterisk next to that? I think they do. I think that you know if they can't run the ball and if, if Tyler Biadish can't come back, if they have to if they have to try to go into the playoffs with a reshuffled offensive line that hasn't had continuity, where the only guy who's played there all, the whole year is Zach Martin. That's problematic. Yeah, that's going to be problematic. But you know, I mean, look at Philadelphia. Is is never going to have their their best offensive lineman back anywhere near full strength. So Lane Johnson is like a torn adductor muscle or something. He's opted not to have surgery. He's probably he's going to he's not going to play the rest of the regular season. Probably, he'll be in the playoffs, but he'll be a fraction of himself. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, Brian Broaddus was saying today, whispers among the guys he knows in the league, which include guys in, in the front office in Philadelphia, say that the, the injury is much worse than people are letting on. I know Jalen Hurts practiced today, and Nick Sirianni was chirping about it because he's a douchebag. But, um, but you know, it's a four to eight week injury, right? According to some, yeah, right. And so, and so, you know, Broaddus's point. And, you know, Broaddus may be right, may be wrong. Who knows? But Broaddus's point, which I think we have to at least factor in, is that Hurts won't be right until the Super Bowl if he's right at all. And so, you know, I mean, the Cowboys have all kinds of things that are that are, that are troubling them. But so does everybody else. Yeah. You know, Tampa Bay's terrible. Uh, honestly, the team that scares me more than Philadelphia right now is San Francisco. They're, they're good, man. They're tough. And they're a tough team, and they've got a lot of playmakers, and 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 I, I, they they scare me actually a lot more than Philadelphia does. Yeah, 49ers defense is, I mean, they're they're out. It's it's what we thought we had earlier on in the year, but they're but they're also really good against the run. Yeah, and so that means they don't have to be great at all on the offensive side. So if you get like Brock Purdy just a little bit, you know, if the if the Cowboys defense 
if they let, they let up just a little bit against you know Purdy, they're going to be in trouble because of you know San Francisco's defense is is so good. So you know it, it's funny you mention that because I, I I remember actually Hellman spoke on this too, and I had thought the same thing earlier too. Is is it reminded me of um the, you know the hurt shoulder reminded me of the Dak shoulder back you know when we played you know we were playing for the division and his he wasn't right and he had one of the worst games of his career. You know, and of course, 100%. everybody can say, well, it's a, sh-, you know, what do you expect? It's a shoulder. Well, you, that's fair, but it was dreadful. And, and they, the Cowboys couldn't do anything. And we lost to the Eagles and we lost in the division and no playoffs for, for us. Um, so that- and, and, and listen, let's be clear. The Cowboys were a much, much better team. That- they lost that game and they lost that game in, in part because, because Dak uh, was injured and they lost that ca- that game in part because the Jason Garrett coaching staff imploded, but they were a vastly better team than Philadelphia. I think so. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they had like one of their higher D, DVOAs that year, even like compared to their, their playoff uh, years too. So yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. So, I mean, so health is a, is a big thing. And, um, and speaking of health and as we wind down, you know, uh, I wanted to, we got to, we got to talk about this. You know, we got, you know, the, the Eagles, they got one game left. Uh, they, they play on Sunday against the Saints, you know, yeah. and then we'll kick off into the, the Week 18 finale. So I want to ask you, like, what do you want to see happen? I mean, you can tell me, like, who you want to win. You can tell me whatever. You can tell me who do you want to see take the field next week for the Cowboys. Um, how, you know, what what do you want to see happen over the, these next 10 days? You know, one of the things that, we've been looking at all year is the Cowboys like path to the NFC East. And the assumption has always been that if they win the NFC East, they will, they will um, by default win the, the, win the number one seed. And uh, it's really interesting because not only do they need the Eagles now to lose both games, but they need the 49ers and or Minnesota to both lose one. Right. Game. And, and, and uh, Vikings to both lose one game. So, uh, the likelihood of getting the number one seed is very, very slim because it's unlikely that both those teams are going to both lose a game. I mean, it's possible that both those teams will sort of have everything wrapped up by week 18. Yeah. It's very, very low. It's very, very low. Um, So given that, I mean, obviously that's the best case scenario. Best case scenario is they win next week. The the Eagles lose their next two games, 49ers and, and, and Vikings both screw the pooch and lose a game. And the, and the Cowboys suddenly find themselves as number one seed, have a chance to rest and have, uh, you know, home playoff games. Um, because that's really unlikely. Let's just, let's, let's just put this in a little bit of context. Let's say the Eagles win against the saints, which they can do because as we've just said, their offensive success is largely system related. And I think that, the, I think that Minshew is not the quarterback that, that Hertz is, but whatever part of uh, of Hertz's success is due to the fact that he's a system quarterback also applies to Minshew, and so um, they're probably going to beat the Saints, even 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 as beat up as they are. Um, and I, you know, as 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 many injuries they have right now, I think they'll still, they'll still beat New Orleans. Um, then that means it's over, right? That means there's there's no way we can win the division. There's no way, and there's no possible route to the one seed. Right. If if that happens, then I think you just have to rest everybody. You have to rest everybody. Unless, so here's the here's the here's the caveat there. Unless 
Biotish can't go. So let's 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 say that they they get they get news on Biotish and it's a four to five week injury minimum. That means you're going to have to go into at least week one, if not week one and two of the playoffs with the lineup that they finished the season with now. We saw that once they put that lineup in, the Cowboys were able to drive for a couple touchdowns, and that's all great, and that's fantastic. But there were also a lot of breakdowns. There were they're, they're like they're only holding calls against them. Uh, you know, Dak got sacked. I mean, there were a, a lot of things that happened once that once that lineup change happened that weren't happening earlier in the in the game, even if they weren't driving the ball very well earlier in the game. So I think so much of that depends on on. Biotis's health. If it looks like he can be back by the playoffs, I think you have enough continuity there where you can probably not have to worry about starting most of the key guys. Um, and you just go, you just play Washington, let Cooper rush and, you know, field. You, you feel the same kind of team that the Tennessee fielded today where you, you're the starters who are playing are start playing only because you don't have any other options. Um, and you, and you rest up. Micah's got to take a week off. Uh, DeMarcus where, Oh, excuse me, Demarcus Lawrence has to take a week off. Um, you know, probably Trevon Diggs needs a week off. Jaron Curse needs a week off. I mean, there's a lot of guys who are playing hurt right now who who are big players for you. You gotta get those guys healthy. And if you can, you do so. The one exception there is I mean, Zach Martin needs a week off. I mean, all those all those cats on the offensive line need a week off, unless Biotis can't go, in which case you've got to give them as many snaps as possible to develop continuity. Yeah, because you know Tyler Smith hasn't played guard all year. Jason Peters has played left tackle, but McGovern hasn't played center all year. I mean, other than maybe a mop up snap here or there or something. I, I don't. I I, don't, I actually honestly don't know, but I don't think he's played a lot of. So let me a lot of let me just year. ask you this. Um, let's say Biotis is is going to miss some time. What do you even you know you we talk you talk about like they need to have some cohesiveness on the offensive line, but that's not to say that we're that we're going to see what we saw tonight. You know, giving them you know more time, could you see possibly a different arrangement of offensive line? Like in particular, can Ty- Tyron Smith go back to left tackle? And you know, if you want to use Tyler Smith as your left guard, I mean, you you have who's your best left tackle? Is it Jason Peters now all of a sudden, or you know, do you go back to Ty- Tyron Smith? So well, then, well, then who goes to right tackle? Well, then you have to go with you know Jason Peters or. You know, you're gonna get, you're gonna see a lot of Josh Ball next week. You know, and and kind of fill fill him yeah. out and and, and uh, well, I I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see Josh Ball play the whole game next week. Uh, um, oh, that would be that's gonna be so so terrible. Yeah, and I'll, I just I want to um, I want to just well just to say something for a second. I, I agree with you as far as you know the if if this then that thing, but I'm gonna I'm gonna raise you one and say ooh. I'm going to say that unless the Colts beat, obviously Philly wins, it's over. But even if they lose, if the Eagles lose, and if the Colts cannot beat the Giants, meaning the Giants won't have anything to play for next week if they win this this week, if that doesn't happen, I am not even going. To, I am going to concede, even though it's mathematically we're still, you know, still we're still alive. I don't see the Giants are obviously going to rest because they got a wild card game the following week. They're not the Eagles are going to lose the division in Week 18 against a reserve Giants team when they need to get win to get the one the one seed. So 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 to me the division's lost if that's the case. So to me, I am already thinking about next week playing reserves, and I don't want to see Zach Martin out there at all. 
Um, honestly, I don't want to see Tyron Smith out there at all. I mean, I don't, I don't need to, to see. We know what he can do. I don't want to see Micah. I don't want to see Dak. You know, I don't, I don't want to see CD. You know, so that's that's where my mind is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't want to. It's it's a high risk for a small reward. I mean, we we had ourselves a little bit of a Dak scare today, or you know, last night. You know, remember? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I know you. We were all thinking it's like for a split second we we're like, why is he even in the game? You know, it. You know, we can't help but think that and stuff. But and if that would just drive me crazy, I I I don't like to base my decisions on results. But like I was so mad at Mike McCarthy last year when he was playing the stars, especially Ezekiel Elliott, who we already know was dealing with. You know, he was ailing, and he and they're playing him to get his thousand yards. That made me, you know, that that was in you know infuriating to just watch that happen. And it's like it was so. Ever we escaped okay. But it could have been just a travesty if if we were to lose a key player. So I just don't want to see that. I don't want to. I don't want to even put that as part of the equation. So to me, unless something happens where the Giants just wet the bed on Sunday, um, I just I'm already conceded. I'm, I'm, I think the Cowboys they had their chances. They squandered them when they lost to the Jaguars. You know, and we had our chances against Green Bay couldn't come through we put ourselves in this spot we have not earned that right so to me it's like let's just get our our, our bodies ready or you know because tampa bay could even be resting because if they win this weekend they got nothing to play for the following week. Right. So, so i don't want to be fighting it out with washington and then turn around the next week and have to fight it out with the well-rested tampa bay team no i don't i, just, I don't want any part of that so that i'm already at that point Yeah, I, I, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think one of the things that, that we always struggle with is that we don't have the same, when I say struggle with, I mean in terms of understanding the behavior of NFL teams, is we don't have the same makeup that football players have, which is that they don't ever look at the negative, they don't ever quit because there's too much adversity. Like I think you and I are much more likely to look at this rash and go, okay, let's just, let's just fold up the tent. I don't think football players see that as a possibility they never folded up to 10 the reason they're in the nfl is they have never once in their life folded up to 10 and so um well, it's what, what be, do you mean you by know, folding up the tent i, I mean i mean that they, they never give up they never quit they never they, they never look at the they never they never look at the odds and go oh you know what forget it they look at the odds and go i can beat this so that, that that's the that's the that's the mental makeup of the guys who make it that far i mean they're they're all they're all weird cyborgs in that way um you know, and so, and, you know, a lot of times coaches are and stuff like that as well. So I agree with you. That's what I would do. I just, I don't know what the Cowboys will do. And I, you know, I mean, I think an argument can be made. I mean, it goes either way, right? I'm, I'm on the fence about this. Is, is it better to rest your guys week, week 18, or is it better to play your guys and get momentum going to the playoffs? Um, I don't know that the Cowboys have momentum right now. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure I even believe in momentum. Um, no, you you don't. I think I think it's a really I think it's a really interesting philosophical conundrum for a guy like Mike McCarthy because I think he does see that you want a team that's playing well, you want a team that's cohesive, you want a team that's playing its best football, you also want a healthy team. They're not cohesive and playing their best football. They're not playing badly. They're just not playing their best football right now. And the, the lack of cohesion on the offensive line could be a real real problem. At the same time, this is a beat-up team, dude. 
there's a lot of there's a lot of key players. I mean, I think you know when we talk about the the pass rush, I think there's a lot of factors. But to me, one of the primary factors is that Micah Parsons just isn't the same guy he was in weeks, you know, one through eight or whatever it was. He's beat up. He's worn down. Remember he remember he like hurt his. He hurt his shoulder and and he hurt his knee. I mean, or his hamstring or something. Uh, you know, he sort of he was sort of limping around against the Rams, and he hasn't been the same since. He just hasn't had that explosion since then. And I think that this is the kind of team where there are some elite players, but and there's a lot of good role players. And if the, but if the elite players don't play like elite players, and if Micah Parsons doesn't play like down in and down out like Lawrence Taylor then the defense isn't as good. And and so often, uh, offensive coordinators and other teams have been doing a really good job of scheming against him, A, running plays right at him, B, but also he's not the same guy he was. And if he's not, if he can't be that transcendent player, then other guys have to make plays. And if other guys are worn down, they don't make plays as much. And it just like the whole thing just trickles down and more, more pressure is put on the guys who are less talented and less capable of making plays. And so if there's something that can be gained from resting a dude like that, then you have to do it. You have to, because he's the key, man. If, if, if that, if, if that analysis of the defense is, is at all accurate, he's the key and he's got to be playing. near full capacity and full suddenness. Like he's just not sudden in the same way he was. Um, I mean, it used to be so scary. Like if he, if he, if he broke free from the tackle, it, it, you know, the quarterback could take three steps and and Parsons would catch him in three steps. It was incredible. You know, the kind of, the kind of, the kind of catch up speed that he had, Um, you know, that, that sort of field to field running guys down, down field. We're not seeing that anymore. See that anymore. He's tired reps. He's tired. He's worn out yeah. and i honestly don't know if a week off is going to be enough may, but um, be, but 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 they i mean if if yeah. honestly if he's going to be the same tired dude he's been the last few weeks they don't have a chance they, they just don't like the defense doesn't have a chance they need him to be the kind of guy who when they do manage to coax a third and long if he doesn't get a sack he is so disruptive that the quarterback basically hits his mark and then starts running yeah and honestly i think that's that's what really needs to make your decision is well, are you going to do the things that's going to make your team better? And if it's given Micah Parsons a re- you know a week off to where he's more well rested, that's going to make your team better. That's an easy one. Yeah. If you need to give somebody some reps, you know, like your 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 secondary or something, then that's going to make your team better. So I don't believe in momentum at all. I think to me it really comes down to are you doing the things that's going to get your team playing the best ball? In some cases, playing players. You know, and, and key players is is necessary because of it. In other places, it's not. So they'll have to take a hard look and kind of evaluate yeah. things, you know, on a player-by-player player basis or group-by-group group basis and, and figure out, okay, what do we need to really be at our best? And honestly, I think the answer really is going to be mostly sit players. So, you know, mm-hmm. re- let, pe- let players rest up, you know, and then give other uh, – people opportunities i don't think there's anything to be gained i don't think we need to like go out there and see Dak do something i know that he and ty uh, they still need to get some rapport but you know what we don't want to put we we don't need to put Dak out there for that and so to me it, it all boils down to basically a, a really boring week 18 finale and if we have to lay down 
and it allows Washington to get in, then you know what? Th this is the one thing that we have earned. The Cowboys have played well, well enough to earn a right to not have to play in Week 18. So that's what we've yeah, earned, yeah. and let's take advantage of it. So to me, you know, it's I feel like our our bet is made. Let's get a good night's rest, and then, you know, let's see what happens in the second season. Because, I mean, you know, who knows? There's still, I totally agree with you. Uh, we can we can win this thing. We I mean, we... We may not be the best team, but we are one of the better teams, and we can beat Philadelphia. We can beat San Francisco. We may not. Uh, they certainly can beat us as well, but who knows, you know? But I do think that it helps our chances if we're at full strength and we have healthy players and we are, you know, just in a situation where we can we can compete the, the, you know, to the best of our ability. Yeah, I think especially now that guys like Steele and Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis are out for the season. That that I mean, their replacements are all, including Tyron Smith, a step down. And so that means that the guys who are the truly transcendent players um, have to be at their very best, I think, if you're going to have a, a, a chance. Um, you know, you can get by with the Kelvin Joseph or a Nation Wright if – somehow they can get that pass rush back where where 90 and 11 are just terrorizing people yeah you know and and quarterbacks don't have time to throw like if you're going to give quarterbacks time to throw i mean nation Wright got beat deep kelvin uh, you know kelvin joseph got beat deep you know why because the pass rush didn't get there and the guy had plenty of time to survey the field and and, and look off the safety and throw throw the deep pass and so that was never happening early in the year. But by the time that guy did that, he was running for his life. Yeah. So if we can get back to that, we have a chance. You, Otherwise, yeah, it's going to be it, it, it's it's going to be you know um, it, it's going to be a, a lot of luck. So let's let's just talk for a second about teams that do have playoff runs, especially like wild card kind of, kind of teams that do have playoff runs. If you're the wild card team, the assumption is, and it's probably a fair assumption, you're not the best team in the league. And sometimes there's a wild card team like the Cowboys who are the second best team in the best in the best division. And we've seen that before. And sometimes, you know, they'll 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 win a game on the on the road against the worst division winner and you know that sort of thing. And and maybe they even have a run. But typically what happens is, you know, if if a team has a run and they're not one of the top couple seeds, they do it because a couple two things happen. One, they get clean quarterback play. They don't have to get transcendent quarterback play, but they get clean play. So this goes to what you were saying about Dak and the interceptions. Uh, they 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 have to limit those um, or eliminate them. Two, uh, they win the turnover battle, which means they they get some lucky plays, they get some lucky bounces, whatever the case may be. They win the turnover battle, and then three, they they are able to neutralize any quarterback disadvantage by um, through their pass rush. And so, the Cowboys have been doing a good job of taking the ball away. Uh, I think in some ways then Dak, Dak can continue to be aggressive because if they continue to take the ball away, it, like we said earlier, it evens it out. But the, the other thing that, that's really missing that gave me hope that this team could go on a, on a run through the playoff gauntlet that they're almost certainly going to have to, to um, go through is that the pass rush could neutralize you know, other teams' quarterbacks or maybe even better quarterbacks. And Brady, uh, you know, certainly not Brock Purdy anymore, but um, – potentially Jalen Hurts. If they can't do that, then we're really relying on them to be lucky because turnovers, as we've talked about many times, are to some degree the result of skill, but in many respects the, re the result of luck and particularly fumbles and fumble recoveries. 
So we're, then we're just basically relying on them to, to have good luck. And that's really hard on the road in three straight games against good teams. No, it is. And, um, yeah, you're, you're right. And, you know, it, I, I think that's, that's the part that makes this really you know, difficult yeah. because it's a shame. It's a shame, Dan, because this is, this is one of the best Cowboy teams in a long time. It just happens that this is a weird year in which the Eagles, even though they might not be a better team, just had a better season. Yeah. You know, uh, they had a luckier season. They were undefeated in close games until they played the, until they played the Cowboys and they were, uh, pretty healthy until until about the time they put the Cowboys. Um, and so those stumbles that the Cowboys had where they lost leads and things like that, the Eagles never experienced that. And uh, as a result, you know, the, the, the Cowboys aren't getting any kind of natural advantages that one that would accrue to a team that's a 12 or 13 win team. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's very easy. It's very possible that, you know, the Eagles could be having the better season, but then when the postseason comes along, you know, they don't have the better postseason. So, you know, Absolutely. it comes down Absolutely. to just who's, you know, who's hey, healthy. Honestly, I would, if I'm a betting man, I'm taking Buffalo and San Francisco right now. You know, I think San Francisco is playing the best, best football in, in the NFC. I think they're the scariest team. I wouldn't, the most, I wouldn't bet against you. I, uh, I mean, I, I just I just ranked the teams, and I had the I had the Eagles at three with the two F, two AFC teams, one and two, and I had the Cowboys and Niners as my four A and four B. To me, I think that they're very similar. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, honestly, between I think your Super Bowl champion is going to be one of those five. Um, and yeah, it would be shocking if it, it were. I mean, I guess, I guess you could you could give the Bengals. A dark horse opportunity. They made it last year. Their quarterback is special. I just feel like that was a miraculous run. And how many of those do, do they have in them? You know, that can't be that, that that that's not repeatable, right? And so I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch, but I'll tell you what, like I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be I'll be happy if they win. I'm not gonna be in the playoffs, I'm not gonna be unhappy if they don't, because I I see that they have fallen into partially by their by their you know things that are their fault and partially because just the way that the cookies crumbled this year in the nfc they've fallen into a really really challenging road we talked about this um when we had our sort of special you know midpoint podcast we talked about their playoff path and and you know all the all the different playoff paths we offered then haven't changed. Like they've been the same path. Basically, the teams we thought would win the divisions have won, uh, proved to win the division. I guess Seattle has fallen off a little bit, but and San Francisco has emerged. But we basically at the time said the most difficult playoff path would be on the road against Tampa Bay and then San Francisco and then Philadelphia or vice versa for those two teams. And that's looking, unless, you know, if San Francisco or Philadelphia is upset, like that's exactly what's going to happen. And that's, I can't think of a more difficult path. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how things play out. I mean, um, you know, one more week left to go, and then we got the postseason. So, I don't know. It's nonetheless, it's going to be exciting. I mean, we've we've. Hey, listen, it's it's a twelve win season. There's a lot to celebrate. I know it might not end like people want. There's there's a lot to be grateful for as we head into our new year. Absolutely. And speaking of ends, that is it for our show today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blogging Boys Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review wherever your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Tell us what you think. 
anything you would like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, about getting Cowboys hot topics, who you think should be playing where along the offensive line, or if you have any New Year's resolutions, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at DannyFanom24. And Rebs is at RebelRouser, spelled R-A-B-B-L-E-R-O-U-S-R. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have the Worlds team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart, so make sure to check that out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend, great new year. Stay safe, stay happy, stay true to the silver and blue, and we will catch you later. Last dismissed.